0: hello one and all and welcome to an idiot's guide to adventuring a podcast by idiots but not exclusively for idiots i'm your dungeon master paul stanfield and joining me at the table today are three fledgling adventurers
1: luke stanfield we're playing stuart llewellyn
2: josh ladd playing cliff clearwater
1: and justin cole playing drogan iron chin
0: do our fledgling adventurers have what it takes to make their mark on the world You'll have to follow the guide to find out. Welcome back to Silver Band, fellas. Last time we met, we learned some of your history, your past, a little bit about who makes you who you are today. The three of you met with Lord Edragos' aide de camp, Amber Wildheart, who gave you your entrance tokens to the Grand Melee. You all headed to the melee, and upon rushing into the sands, Stuart was quickly split off from the rest of the group. I lost my quill! <laughs> Two of you were knocked out during the middle of the fight, and after some heroic intervention from Drogon involving a particularly tenacious farmer, Cliff managed to last into the top ten before being eliminated. Afterwards, you split up. Stuart tended to his clerical duties as a healer during the Joust, where he tended to Haralyn Dunn. Cliff and Drogon made a quick exit from the Joust, preparing to attend the, the magic show. Cliff overheard some distressing talk about the upcoming headline event. And we'll pick up as that event begins with the famous Delwyn Chernettel on the stage beginning his presentation. So we come to in an enormous circus-like pavilion tent, a high ceiling, the tent held taut by ropes going into disappearing into magical extra-dimensional spaces. The pavilion is packed. There's four or 500 people uh, in a space that can barely hold them all. You can see outside the tent flaps, others listening. You were here early enough to get a good spot where you can see the stage. Around you there are commoners and nobles alike, all sorts of races and varieties of age. You see children and their parents, old practiced sorcerers trying to get the first look at What's to come in the future of magical phenomena? And on the stage, a single spotlight has fallen on Delwyn Shurnittle, a statuesque but small gnome with graying hair, an excited look, and the worst outfit you've ever seen in your years on this planet.
2: Like an eccentric, like... Billionaire CEO
0: He has that vibe (laughs) Uh, And there's some douche to it for sure He steps out The only one on the stage visible but You can see the shapes of uh, Dark figures behind him waiting in the wings He steps forward Thank you ladies and gentlemen For coming to our show He looks around We have something special in store for you today The first reveal Of our new product There's a little bit of applause. No one knows what to expect. Gone are the days (laughs) of relying solely on magic users for the gifts that should be freely available to all. Rural lords should not be beholden to the greed of the nearest adventurers when monsters strike in the night. You see nearby nobles nodding their heads and exchanging interested glances. Foremen shouldn't wait three days for a team of specialists when their mine collapses or the levee breaks. You see a few farmers and craftsmen exchange interested looks as well. Blue-collar workers of realm across will now be able to perform feats beyond their mortal forms. Magic is no longer just for those with fortune of blood and learning. And grumbling and discontent spreads through as... Sorcerers and druids and some of the clerics share uneasy glances. You see wizards who spend a fortune on their training. Huff and puff and stare daggers at Delwent Shernetle up on the stage. Since the creation of the spell batteries some years past, magic has been promised to the layman. Now, with our creation, it is truly accessible. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the spell suit and there is a full on three point landing as a humanoid creature (laughs) falls through the (laughs) ceiling and lands on the stage you hear a, a loud shake as the stage absorbs the impact and you see a knight wearing half plate stand up around his body you see well Cliff you see parts of the apparatus you saw behind stage. Copper wires, tubes, bracers, van braces, boots, a large belt, numerous small contraptions strapped around his body in some sort of strange, impossible armor, all drawing some sort of power from two glowing spell batteries slotted into the belt at his waist, one at the front, one at the back. As he moves, his movements seem natural and normal, Um, but it looks effortless, smooth. His steps seem light, despite the weight he's wearing. Delwyn steps back, and the lights fill the stage in its entirety. Uh, A number of men from behind him roll up an enormous boulder that takes 12 or 13 of them to move. The knight walks over to it, wraps his arms around it as best he can, and picks it up like Atlas Bearing the earth on his shoulder, lifts it over his head, and slams it down on the ground. Mm. You guys see a burst. Uh, make it a perception check for me. How about each of you? Perception or investigation?
3: Assuming it's warm up, warm up these die. The
0: They're absolutely ooze and ahs, Ooh. gasps. Seven. <gasps> Twenty three. Thirteen. Twenty three. Appropriately, Drogan, you're looking at the machinery, the mechanics of it all how this might be possible. You see with each of the major movements this knight uses you, you hear a little mm-hmm. kind of sound, a little whirring and you see a soft pulse of this clean white and blue energy coming from the spell batteries, uh, expended magical energy, expended pure ether being used to power these movements. Um, with each one you see the battery goes a little bit dimmer, you can tell. Whatever charge is in these is definitely not immense, and it's not going to be everlasting, but it's clearly allowing him to perform these superhuman feats at the moment. At
1: this like range, I don't know how close or how many details it can make. I think you guys
0: are probably 8 or 10 rows back from the the main stage, so maybe 40 feet from the front of the stage, another 10 to this guy.
1: Am I able to tell like if this is... Does it look like well put together, or does it look kind of like thrown together? Jank.
0: Yeah, a bit jank. Um Make a... I'll say you can make an intelligence check, or make a... What tool proficiencies do you have?
1: I'm assuming you have... I got... What are the artificer's tools use? I have proficiency with calligraphers, com- jewelers, masons, smiths, Eve's tools and uh-huh. tinker's tools.
0: Tinker. I'd say so tinkerers be- or smiths' tools. You could use and add. You can roll intelligence and add your proficiency bonus.
2: Uh-huh. And can I look for where that warforged is?
0: Yeah, make a perception check for me. Okay. Uh, fifteen.
2: Fifteen. It's
0: a that one. That one you can You cannot see him. Um. Yeah. No sign of the warforged. With a fifteen, this looks pretty tight. Um, you, you understand tinkering and creation, invention, and the mechanics of a lot of, of how a lot of things work. This is, it's clearly a prototype or a version of a prototype. It's not polished. It's not a special color. You can see ex- the exposed copper wires, like this was designed and finished just in time for this show, you'd guess, but it seems to be working as intended. The night, um... He has a pair of gauntlets that connect to vambraces that go most of the way up to his elbow. The cables go from there to the pauldrons at his shoulder. He raises um, his fist over his head and slams it down on the stone, and you guys hear a resounding crack as this enormous stone doesn't split through the middle but breaks somewhere internally. Delwyn gives an uneasy look at the crowd. (laughs) Well, uh, give it another go. Uh, The knight winds back and strikes it again. On the second hit, the stone splits. And a cheer comes from the crowd, led by Delwyn, and you guys see a number of gnomes that are planted in the crowd wearing similar outfits to his. He says, well, progress comes slowly sometimes, but as, as you can see, quite impressive. They will be visible to all at the gala tonight. In case you wish to examine them more closely piloted by professionals of course and on cue the curtains open up behind them, and three more come out one smaller being piloted by a gnome one much larger being piloted by a dragonborn and another of this middling humanoid size with a human inside it and they stand in a line for a moment the four of them ignoring the rock one of them the little gnome crouches down and leaps upwards in the air, clearing forty, almost fifty feet, to the point he can almost touch the top of the pavilion, and lands as softly as a child dipping its toes in the water.
3: I was half expecting to land on a top rail and start tightrope walking or something. <laughs> <laughs> he does a
0: cool flip. The second one, I can do that. Um, yeah, you're much cooler. Speaks right? some sort of arcane word, clenches his fists. Um, and begins to hover off the ground about a foot. Drogen, you see this is much more taxing on the spell batteries. You see the, the levels dropping rapidly, the glow beginning to diminish, and Delwyn gives the guy like a noticeable nod of his head, and he quickly cuts the power and drops back onto the stage. The third and the fourth clear the space. One of them takes the large boulder, half of it, lifts it over his head, And the other stands across the stage. Maybe 30 feet from him. With his arms down at his side. Uh, These are the the human and the dragonborn. Dragonborn holding the stone. The fourth human standing uncaringly. You guys hear a gasp from the crowd. (laughs) As the stone is hurled at the dragonborn. With another magical activation word. A small shield appears around him and the stone strikes it and crumbles into a dozen smaller pieces and chunks that litter onto the stage. Spray the crowd. (laughs) (laughs) There's blood everywhere. (laughs) The crowd gasps, and the gasp turns into a cheer as they see immediately the potential, the excitement. You see the wealthy nobles now thinking about pocketbooks and how much gold they have at their disposal, what something like this might cost to have the power that's for so long been... Held by folks who are lucky enough to be born with it, or smart enough to learn it. Though it is marketed to everybody, according to Delwyn, there's you guys can tell there's no way this is going to cost anything short of an arm and a leg. Despite that, even the the common folk here erupt into applause as Delwyn continues his speech, um, talking about the potential uses for this their plans to roll out more and more of them, what the finished product is going to look like, and who they might speak to if they wish to be on a a waiting list or to pre-order some of these um, for when they are fully available to the public. A few nobles meet him on the side of the stage and shake his hand, are asking questions. Numerous artificers are rushing up to speak with him as well, talking to some of the other gnomes who they're sure must be involved in the creation process. After that, the stage is more or less empty. It becomes a little gathering ground. Delwyn's still atop the stage. Two of the first two spell suits that came out returned behind stage, the ones that burned through more of their power. The other two remain out more or less stationary for the moment while people come to fawn and excitedly look at them. A few try and touch, and uh, some of the gnomes or the guards nearby have to pull the folks back proprietary technology. You understand, of course. You see a few folks who look like a little more covetous than just wanting to touch them, perhaps. That leaves you guys in the crowd, in a crowd of what before long is mostly grumpy wizards and sorcerers, (laughs) nervous arcanists, and a few folks who just don't trust these sorts of things. You make note of A handful, probably a fairly large handful of older mercenaries, soldiers, maybe higher ranking captains, lieutenants, generals, members of Federation Army, sharing uneasy glances. They as well begin to dissipate as the crowd returns to what it was before the show began.
2: Is that, that's the magic show? Yeah, that was incredible. Where's all... I mean, I saw a dude hover, but I could I could probably punch a boulder. I could jump that high.
3: You could definitely jump that high, Cliff. I've seen you do impressive feats. Yeah, no, I, I mean, can't deny that suit was pretty cool. I've never seen anything like that in my life, but I, I think I know more spells than those suits just showed. Yeah,
1: Stuart's incredible. I... You guys both have a lot of talent, but I'm sure that gnome could not jump that high without the suit.
2: Exactly. He needs a suit. and wasn't magic. I,
3: I thought was there was going to be like the, the classic parlor tricks, like uh, pull a, a rabbit out of a hat or something. Like,
2: oh man, that would be great.
3: I really wanted to see things like that. Dimension Dora, uh, something... Something phenomenal for a moment.
2: I got craving for a rabbit on a stick.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That was all while you were... uh, Oh, did I miss... Tending to... Shoot. I missed the early early Uh, gigs.
2: Fellas, so when I went to go get Stuart, um, I may or may not have snuck backstage and overheard that little feller. Uh, I think he's up to no good. We should... uh, I don't really trust him or his little... Armor suits. We should, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe keep an eye on him tonight at the gala. I think he's up to something. Why
4: would you say that? I don't know. He just.
2: I just have a feeling he was. He kind of alluded to taking advantage of people or something. I don't know. Something's fishy. Well, if he's I can't a can He really put a finger on it.
3: I mean, if he's just a businessman trying to take advantage of him, that that wouldn't surprise me. Those look like costly suits and might be trying to get as much money out of this town as he can. But maybe there's more suits and he's looking to take control of sorts or something.
2: I just think that we just need... I don't know, I just have a funny feeling. I hope I'm wrong, but maybe we just keep an eye on him, you know?
1: Just be careful. We're supposed to be on our best behavior, I think. Oh yeah, yeah. A lot of people will be looking at you after your performance. <laughs> what? Wanted to talk. Who? Well, yeah, all eyes on Cliff for finishing top ten.
2: Mm-hmm. I don't like that.
3: Well, I, I mean, either, either accept it or we don't show up. All right. You're gonna have some some fame about you.
2: Yeah. Weird. I don't know how I feel about that, but uh, I guess we'll uh... smile and nod. Hehe. <laughs> <laughs> Show them teeth.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Then frog teeth. How do you vocalize smiling? (laughs) 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 Biggest fake smile yet we've seen from. Does Cliff just have all molars?
0: I'm trying to picture what her frog (laughs) teeth look like. (laughs) Just baby teeth. You got like shark teeth. (laughs) Row upon row. God. (laughs) But they're molars. (laughs) Shark teeth molars. (laughs) Blunted shark teeth. It's like those hydraulic spinning things that just destroy stuff. Well, where do you guys want to go? Magic show. The main part of the magic show is still going on in the promenade, but the stage has been used. That was the highlight, uh, the main event. Food?
2: Find that rabbit on a stick for a cliff. And- There's literally just a litter of, like, sticks around his seat. <laughs> uh. You know, I think I'm getting kind of full. Maybe we should... Uh- I don't know, Drogan, you got anyone else to talk to? I know you had your your thing, you were you looking for stuff. I'm not quite sure what you are looking for, but <laughs> something about home or something?
1: Oh, uh, nothing here. I, I was hoping Ed Dugos can help me talk to some people, but uh, no, I don't need anything here right now. Oh, okay. You want to go look at those fancy
2: suits a little closer?
0: Are they still up there? Yep, the two of them are still up there. A, there's a big... You'll have to wait around for a while, but you guys are welcome to. There's there's a huge line of people to speak with Delwyn, others to speak with the engineers. Otherwise, you said we could see them at the gala. Yep, right? they'll be at the gala. How,
2: how long do we have till the gala starts?
0: You guys have... just a couple hours, probably. Oh. It's not dark yet, but essentially... Around the time it's getting dark is when the first course will be served. So yeah. there will already be numerous nobles at the keep at this point. Okay. It kind of can show up throughout the day. It's open, and then it's closed to the public as the gala begins later.
2: Um, Maybe we need to go back to our place and get ready. Yeah, we, is our clothes at our place? Yep.
0: Yeah. Yes, we're told they've been delivered oh, to okay. your rooms at the Frog and Quail.
2: Maybe we should uh, go get dressed?
1: Yeah. There's a big line. Maybe I can get... Uh... Better look later. Right, mind if we made a
3: quick stop back at the Cleric's Pavilion? I want to use. I want to redeem this food voucher token on. Maybe get it to go. <laughs> I'm famished. I haven't eaten all day. All right, or or I'll just meet. I'll meet you guys there. It's a little out of the
2: way, I know. No, it's fine. We can come <laughs> with you, Stuart. It's not all you. right.
3: I just didn't want to take away from your time.
2: Your time is our time, my friend. All right, then I'll. Lead the way to the the healers
3: of the tournament. See if I can still redeem this food voucher.
0: You return to the healers' hall and you find it's it's been pretty roughly picked over, but there's there's some food there. A tired, put upon looking uh, waiter of some sort is there just chilling. Yeah, take whatever you want, man. It's just like heels of bread, like partially dried gravy, the leftover cuttings of meat. Mm. All, oh, the ve- all the vegetables are gone. Clerics being what they are, this will yeah. have
3: to do. I'll find like a bag somewhere and just pile it's everything. Just in. a bag of loose loose ends <laughs> yeah. of food and gravy, and gravy, and gravy, and gravy, <laughs> gravy over everything. And gravy in the it's, bag. It's one of those like bag salads. I'll just shake it all up, <laughs>
0: shake it Mm-mm. up, and then you punch a hole in the top and drink it. Wonderful. Well, you take your bag salad meat, <laughs> heels of bread to go. Were there any other stops before returning to the inn? I
2: don't think so. Yeah, not that I had.
0: Okay, you guys find yourselves moving through Silverbend, east to west this time. Uh, you're part it's of the current. Up. It's not dark, but the sun is setting. It's not really visible anymore. The current of people is moving swiftly back into the city from the promenade You can still hear activity in the stadium. There's post-games The the stadium grounds. um, Like the Duke Stadium opens up for people to go out and participate, in the wrestling, and the the bare-knuckle boxing, all the other little things that go on. You know, there's still some referees and clerics who stay there, and a sizable force of the local militia and guards. But the main events are taken care of and finished, and now everyone who's anyone is looking forward to the gala. And you guys are amongst that group. Heading back into town, you pass through the rich section of Silver Bend. It's all rich. It's a very nice town. But you pass through the wealthy neighborhood with all the large houses. You pass the church of Shanti. And then you cross one of the enormous bridges that spans the gorge. And from the bridge, you can see your home, the stone inn of the frog and quail. Outside, as always, is the permanent fixture of Turgis. Leaning against the wall with his enormous burly arms crossed in front of his scarred chest, he sees you guys approaching, and a smile lights up his stony features. I'll come back, lads. Good day.
2: Oh yeah, I got got top ten in that there uh, melee.
0: I heard. What? A hey, local I celebrity so- staying with us tonight. <laughs> You'll have all you can drink for the next couple of days.
2: Alright, yeah, that sounds good. Holy diddle. If I knew that was a thing. I would have, you know, left the swamp a long time ago and fought random strangers in a big arena.
0: There's a sizable fortune to be earned for prize fighting. Well, sure you're eager to get inside. Some packages arrived for you around midday. I believe Murma has them behind the bar. That's great. Right. Yes, well...
3: go grab those. We have a gala to attend.
0: Best of luck. That'll be tougher than any fight in an arena, if you ask me. He slams the door behind you guys. Quietly.
4: (laughs) Passively. Quietest
3: slam. (laughs) All right. Retrieve.
0: Inside, the frog and quail is busy. The tap room is packed with clusters of people eating, drinking after the day's events. You see Myrma rushing about, stained, uh, stained apron, tied tight about her waist, frazzled look on her face, but as always, the motherly expression of happiness and cheer. She takes note of you guys almost immediately. She's just good at her job. Gives you a little head nod upwards, one of those cool upwards head nods, and then points to the bar, motions that she'll meet you over there when she can. Head on over to the bar. A few minutes later, Murmur arrives. Ah, sorry about that. Well, Cliff, I heard you did quite well. Yeah, thank in the you. mainly. Um, some things arrived for you boys. Let me grab them. Who's behind the bar? Hands over three wrapped packages. Um, so these came from a tailor in town. Um, they were sent from your patron, Lord Edgagos. He said if there were any issues... Uh, you'd have to find a tailor to change the sizing quickly But he's got someone you could speak to And she hands you a little card it Says if you need anything worked on Bring this to the gambling hall And he'll get them fitted They, oh. sh- they should be fine
3: Hopefully they're fine We don't have much time to do that that's- Thank you, Moma. We'll we'll take these up to our rooms
0: mm-hmm. Food or drinks, do you need anything?
3: Oh, I got my my food here hold up the, the bag that's probably dripping <laughs> gravy Out the bottom of it by
0: now she looks over the bar at the drip trail you've brought through.
3: Oh, sorry, I didn't, I didn't realize I was trailing in here. Uh, uh, throw me a rag, I'll, I'll clean
0: that up. She passes you a little bar rag. <laughs> well, if it's nothing for you, I will return to my patrons. Be right with you. Thank she you. Rips
2: back off. I'd head up to the rooms? Quickly
3: wipe my mess up. <laughs>
2: you want me to hold your free. beef bag there? <laughs> <laughs>
3: Maybe I'll get another rag. You want to find any other? I'll put a rag around the bottom of this. And- yes, Cliff. Yeah, look after my beef beef bag.
2: Just holding it above <laughs> his mouth like <laughs>
3: that works. They'll probably have food. You're probably right, Cliff. You can have all of that if you wish.
2: Okay. Yeah. Sweet. Free beef bag. This is my day. <laughs>
0: Up to your rooms, you go. Everyone to different rooms. So you guys, you can do the classic: try on your clothes, and then all meet in the hall to see how each other look. Or you yeah, get, probably get changed Okay, not at that point yet.
3: We're not close enough yet.
0: Okay. Uh, Whoever wants to go first, tell me uh, what you got tailored. <laughs> what beautiful outfit you had made for you, my lord Entergos.
2: I yeah, uh, I think Cliff has. Um a simple it's like probably like gold uh vest and then like a like a dark green jacket that kind of um uh, enhance, enhances in what's the word that it accentuates accentuates uh his natural grown colors uh with a little bow tie and i think he also gets uh a like a little top hat cuz he requested a hat specifically right. <laughs> with a uh golden ribbon kind of wrapped around it. Uh yeah. But the uh the pants part of the uh the suit probably cuts off at the knees as requested for more movement and mobility. And uh yeah, probably no I don't think he wears shoes, so he's he's barefoot in it. Cliffy! You look spiffy!
0: (laughs) (laughs) Drogon and Stuart, what have you guys chosen to wear? Or had tailored for you?
3: I'll take a shot at it. I think Stuart, he he hasn't ever worn real fancy clothes. He's always almost worn like just a step above rags. So he didn't really know what to ask for, but he'd always seen knights and having like the, the royal vibe for them with their their cape flowing behind them so he was like i want something with a kind of like a cape and uh yeah that's one part of it so he's got kind of like a long longer than normal like cape that comes off his shoulders dark cape with hints of like white hues throughout it like a little like glimmer to it and then the rest is kind of like an old english style like just straight up black suit but uh that old style with like the really high popped collar and like an ascot instead of a tie, and maybe like once again some hints of white through the, the vest and the, and the undershirt. But a very dark suit with a, with a dark kind of cape coming off the back. Oh boy, I guess I need to do my hair. <laughs> my hair looks absurd with this suit, huh? Hair just an absolute mess, just everywhere. <laughs> so you'll spend some time trying to, yeah, slick back, <coughs> slick back the long, greasy locks. Well, not that long, but
1: yeah. it's a disheveled look he'll put some work into. Drogon? Uh, I think Drogon is, uh, like a classic, uh, like, penguin suit. Like the long oh. <laughs> coat in the back. <laughs> uh, coat that kind of, like, split on. Yeah. Um, and maybe some, like, so like, probably black pants and jacket, like, uh, maroon sort of uh, shirt um, fairly dark but yeah classic and then like a little bow tie and you just like polish up his his head and make it like <laughs> clean and give it a good glimmer shiny match the sh- polish on the shoes three point polish toes toes
0: <laughs> scalp
2: um I think Cliff would probably wear his I don't know would it be possible to wear my leather armor underneath
0: i don't think so okay. i don't think you got, you guys could get away with wearing like a sword um like an arming sword or nice daggers that's a display of wealth in these occasions but wearing armor if you're not part of the staff would be frowned upon for sure
2: yeah i just meant like i wasn't I was
0: just underneath like would it be visible? Vis- it would be visible yeah oh, okay. the other armor is still pretty bulky that's fair you could wear it at the cost of your outfit looking really weird, basically. You could, you could try.
4: No, that's
3: right. Yeah, Stuart won't be bringing anything with him. He'll leave all his equipment. Okay,
0: yeah, that's my next question. What do you guys want to bring?
2: Nothing, I, I literally think nothing. Cliff would come out with his crossbow. Like, all his <laughs> weapons. Because <laughs> I don't think he knows any better. Mm-hmm. Whoa, Cliff, what... We- what are you doing with all your gear there? I I just, I mean, I take it everywhere with me.
3: I don't. I don't think they're going to let us allow weapons into the gala. So I think. I think. Unfortunately, you're going to have to part ways with your crossbow for the night. What? Yes. I. I mean, I could be wrong. You can. You can try to bring it in. Maybe they'll. Maybe they'll make you check it at the front door, sort of thing. Um, but it's definitely an event no, where they won't no, want won't weapons. No, not any
2: trouble. He takes out. He takes like the light crossbow off his back. The hand crossbow off his hip, reaches into the jacket, starts pulling out his daggers. Oh my! I guess my sword too. All right.
3: Is that all of them, Cliff?
2: Or one more dagger? (laughs) There it is. You guys, you guys look fantastic.
3: Oh, it's a look I've never put on before. I I never expected to see a a grung in a a suit like that. You look quite fancy. Oh yeah,
1: very
2: nice. Everyone at the swamp be jealous. (laughs)
3: <laughs> but I think, Drogon, you're putting us all to shame. You, you've worn something like this before, you old stud.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, time or two. <laughs> Your head
2: is so shiny.
1: Thank you. Draws away from the old face. Brutal. <laughs> <laughs> <Girl. laughs>
3: yeah, I think the only thing Stuart would still be wearing, actually, is his, he's got a amulet that he wears around his neck. with That's his holy symbol, which normally is hidden underneath his uh, chainmail, but... This time, maybe you'd see it a bit more, because it'd be just below the ascot, I guess. Polished up. So, yeah, that would probably look nice. A little symbol of the home and hearth of Bouldry.
2: Yeah, Cliff would still have his uh, his amulet, too.
3: Okay. Oh, and actually, he's definitely still keeping his notepad. Which he's been noting in all day. For networking, right? Networking purposes, yes. It's a (laughs) multi-purpose notepad.
0: The day planner with the address book in the front, <laughs> calendar in the back. Safety notes throughout all of it. Well, I guess i step into the hallway, dressed up. And is it off to the gala, then?
4: I think yeah. so. Off to the gala.
0: We should probably have
4: one
3: before we go. Take the edge off. Loosen up a little. Are you both hinting at stewards for this one? <laughs> I don't know if both we want... All of us. Uh, are you sure it's a wise idea, though? The last time I had a drink with all of you, it was only one, and boy, I turned into quite the mess.
2: And it was very entertaining. How Listen about... up, come on, we're about to party, we're dressed up like fancy mm. people.
3: You know what, this is all once in a lifetime. Okay, how about how about a smaller drink for me to start? How about I'll have a, just, a, just a couple sips of something? that acceptable
2: i'll i'll
3: i'll go up to miriam right murmur murmur i'll go up to Myrma and just say Myrma, I, I i need to take a i think we're gonna have some drinks i'm gonna have just put give me something in like a small glass i see you have some small glasses behind the counter unfamiliar with what a shot glass is probably uh Stuart will be pointing at something like that for her or something all
0: right she pours you guys <laughs> each <laughs> she pours you guys each a tumble of whiskey on the house. Make a good showing for yourself tonight, fellas. Thank you,
3: know what, you I, Mama. I did, remember, I didn't want this much. Can I have, can I have less? Oh,
2: Cheer
3: come them. on, Stuart. I just dump some of his into
1: my...
3: <laughs> 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 that solves it, yeah. I don't know how quick to drink. Can we go slow?
2: Down the hatch. To hearth and home.
3: No <laughs> oh, hell to hearth and home. Well, cheers. Cheers and put back whatever... Liquid concoction was poured for me.
0: All right. Yeah. You take a shot of whiskey. Feel the warmth permeate your body.
3: <sighs> yeah. That does feel like the home and hearth right there in my gut. <laughs> <laughs> Mass warm. Trying to loosen the, the ascot a little
4: bit now already. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Off to the gala then. Cliff tips his giant. Top hat. <laughs> Milady! <laughs> Gives his most dramatic bow he can.
0: Murma returns with a beautiful curtsy, practiced. And you guys head out. Is there other people here that are clearly. You can see, yeah, there's some, some folks pregaming. Right there are, from listening and looking around, there's a few members of some Lord's Retinues here. Uh, one or two wealthy merchants and lower nobility that are staying in the upper levels. Some of them have already left. Some are pre-gaming in the tap room. As you guys roll out. You see Turgis has somehow changed into a suit and tie, a sleeveless suit and tie. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, that was so smart. Here, Turgis, can you rip mine off?
0: I don't. I don't think I'm qualified for that.
2: Close. No, just give it a good tug.
0: Mm. Here,
3: I'll, Stuart will jump to the other. I'll do the other arm. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: All right. <laughs> strength <Last rank> check? <laughs> Who me? Uh, no. Oh, Cla- Stuart. Stuart. <laughs> Dramatic. Oh, it was high. Seventeen plus. Ah, three. Yeah. 20. So just
0: roll the natural one.
3: <laughs> well, oh my goodness.
0: Impeccable stitching. You just pull the one, it pulls his side out, and you tear the arm off one side of Cliff's suit.
3: Yeah, that's what you wanted, right, Cliff?
2: Yeah, but on both sides. Um
3: Oh here, let me you, get the other stuff. Sturge's, you didn't Sturge's. Yeah, let me just, did I am he's not- gonna
2: reach in and pull out a dagger.
3: <laughs> Good idea.
2: And I'll just loosen pop the seams. Yeah, there you go.
3: I think Stuart, for like a good few seconds, is staring at Sturges, like a little dumbstruck that he couldn't do the
0: sleeve. I can try again. Now that it's been uh, loosened, he'll roll with advantage. Ooh, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> it's not that clean, but he gets it off. Right. Thank you. You look, you look beautiful.
2: Oh, man. You are just... Uh, fashionista over there.
0: Thank you. Uh... He holds up the little tiny sleeve. Yeah, I'm holding it up like he sleeve can wear t- it as a <laughs> glove. What do you want me to do with this?
2: Uh I mean just you can just toss it. Well, I can toss it. He
0: ties it around his neck like a scarf. Oh shoot. I'll give him the other piece to extend it. <laughs> he extends the scarf. <laughs> <laughs> Flips it over his shoulder. What a look. Sleeveless Are you vest. The- <laughs> the oh I'm working.
2: Okay, you just want to look good for all the people going to the fancy party?
0: Absolutely, the whole city's done up tonight.
2: <laughs> All right, well, you stay safe tonight. Don't beat up too many goons.
3: Same to you. Keep a level head.
2: Hide my dagger back in my jacket. <laughs> <laughs> my head
3: already feels unleveled, but I will do better.
0: Off to the gala you go. Proceed. You cross the central bridge right next to the frog and Coil into the east village. And up, as you cross, you guys can see the imposing structure of Lord's Redoubt, the cliffside keep that serves as the one major fortification in Silverbend, in case of attack. Now that the city is growing around it, it's kind of pointless as a defense, but it still stands as a, as a serious conversation piece, if nothing else. And that is where the local, uh, the local lords live. You guys haven't been there, but it's one of the largest structures, so you've seen it many times. And it also houses the Silver Bend Bell Tower, which is what rings on the hour every hour. As you guys approach, it, as usual, begins ringing. And darkness has mostly fallen at this point. You are part of a procession of well-dressed individuals, some of them nobility, some soldiers of fortune. Some like yourselves are tournament entrants that have managed to gain an invitation to the gala. You guys here, go ahead.
1: Would you say we got a short rest
0: and all that? Yeah, you guys can take a short rest if you'd like. While you're trying on your clothes, big chilling. On your way in,
4: you guys uh, make some perception checks for me if you will can do 20 unnatural 30 20 13 first dude.
0: five there is a lot of activity still in the city at this hour the the folks not in the gala are getting after it in their own way there's a debaucherous air in the villages that you pass through uh, you even see the, the church lights of Jaunty are still lit. There's clearly some sort of celebration going on inside. You can hear a great deal of roaring and excitement from over where the actual tournament grounds are. And despite the fact that it's hailed as one of the most important party-like events of the year, the the keep where the gala has taken place seems fairly reserved as you guys approach. There's a line of guards out front to check the guests, make sure their names are on the list, and then to announce them as they enter the main courtyard. You guys get stuck in the queue as each group is checked, entered, and announced, going into the keep. A page of some sort meets you at the front. Says, how would you like your names announced, my lords? Uh,
4: Cliff.
3: Cliff. Um, my name is Stuart Llewellyn
0: Stuart Llewellyn Of the House of Bouldry Of the House of Bouldry Yourself
1: uh, Iron Gene.
0: Very well And he turns around To the courtyard, which is fairly busy at this point Introducing Stuart Llewellyn Of the House of Bouldry He pats you on the back I'm Kind of
3: confidently go forward hands on my hip and give like a, a nod and a salute almost hey,
0: to the crowd make performance check for me hell
3: yeah that's an
0: 18 minus 18, one 17 <laughs> you draw you draw a fair share of glances you're well dressed you've got this cape which isn't out of fashion capes are never out of fashion nor in fashion so it's a statement <laughs> all on its own you, you gather a few yeah. looks most of them are of approval a couple are like Oh, I'm unsure, unsure yeah, of, of what to think. I doubt seeing Cliff Grand Melee finalist. He winks at you, Cliff. He you on the back and oh, goes, I'll, "I'll step
3: aside immediately." And go open oh, we'll start, start, start the applause for
0: him. I'll start. Do something. I, um,
3: I'm just doing your head.
0: Let's just gonna
2: jump. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Make a performance check with
0: advantage. <laughs> Bitches love jumps. Mad hops. Mad hops. That's a 13. Yeah, you guys all have negative charisma. Hell one. yeah. What better way to make it through uh, a political gala than with three people with negative one? Charisma? Those are
2: both 13, so 12.
0: <laughs> okay, 12. You do a big hop. Uh, your head like just brushes the bottom of the hanging banner of the local lords I'll like tap it <laughs> you, you tap it if you'd rolled a one that banner is coming down with you <laughs> uh, and you land gracefully you draw a lot of attention from the the merchants and the other soldiers and uh mercenaries who were in the melee with you guys the nobles and the the upper crust they look over at you and they're like tournament finalist <laughs> whatever they don't seem as interested, but you definitely get a lot of smiles and attention from the folks who are involved in the melee.
3: And he did that without sleeves, <laughs> or robot suit, or a robot suit. <laughs> what a guy!
0: And introducing Drogon Chin. I think they'll just like give a little bow as he comes in. Right. Performance check. People if you actually will. paying attention. To this. There are there's a there's a number of people in there. You can see. The only people actively paying attention are clearly squires and retainers of a lot of the nobility. Who's it's probably their job to see who's attending and let their bosses know, like, hey, these people have just shown up. If you want to get to talking, news. Yep, uh, I got sixteen. Sixteen. So very similar, similar to Stuart's entrance. You gather a fair bit of attention. Uh, a little, a more stately, classic entrance. You see a lot of dwarves. Give you approving nods. Look at the penguin suit. They like flash the tails. This <laughs> like, hey. is
2: more. I understand.
0: You guys step into a large courtyard. There's a central fountain. Uh, painted cobblestones beneath your feet. There are cloisters along the outside. Uh, along the outside of the courtyard. Like the columns. Colonnades with little areas you can walk underneath that lead into different rooms. The main banquet hall is directly ahead through an enormous pair of wide-open doors. Inside, you can smell the scent of food being cooked. You can hear music and warm light is spilling out into the courtyard. There's a good deal of activity out here, but the inside uh, is very busy in comparison. And behind you, a few more people are announced, so you guys are pressed forward by need. Where would you like to go? I will say... The info you, you kind of have about this place is there are, I mean, it's a whole keep. There's a ton of private areas. You're obviously not going to be allowed. The On the way in, you were given not a layout, but the page or one of the guards quickly explained. There's the banquet hall. There's sitting rooms you're welcome to access. There's the courtyard here and a large sec- section of upper balconies that runs around. You can see up above the courtyard is a huge upper balcony that covers a large section of the banquet hall where people can chat and overlook the feasting. Those areas are all open to you guys. Beyond that, the the keep grounds, like connected to the courtyard here, there's gardens and stuff outside. You're welcome to access, but it's kind of dark and unlit. Where would you like to go? You have seats. There's there's not quite assigned seating, but you were explained that there's like a lower seating area in the banquet hall where you guys will be welcome.
3: Stewart is famished and would like to eat because <laughs> he tried to get the scraps at the, the, the house of the clerics there and couldn't get much. So, boys, I think I need to eat. I, I mean, I asked for just a, a, a less amount of liquid courage there back at the place, but that, that stuff hit me. That was quite stronger, strong compared to that mead that I had uh, last week with you all. So, I think I need to get some, some food in the belly. That uh. might, might
0: help with everything. There are, yeah, absolutely, there's it's a classic, um, there's like butlers and servants walking around. Ask
2: that guy where he got his big plate.
0: Yes, I'm, I'm going,
3: The good idea, I'll go up to one of those servers and be like, so where do, where do I load up a, a serving like this?
0: He just lowers this impressive display of food in front of you. Take what you will, my lord. We have pigs in a blanket and <laughs> many probably, other fine appetizers. I'm already so already I was sure. like what? What are appetizers that people would eat? My brain just Someone exploded.
2: Cocktail <laughs>
0: wieners, <laughs> cocktail wieners, pigs in a blanket. It's all sausage-based meats. Sa- <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll start
3: shoveling those back into my mouth right. for the time being. Shoveling sausage and then speaking. Where's the where's the actual meal?
0: The first course will be served in about twenty minutes. Sounds like
3: the villain. Cur-
1: I could Black. <laughs> sugar, <laughs> water, more.
0: Um, without <laughs> even asking for it, you guys are handed <laughs> flutes of wine and champagne of your choice, some sort of sparkling, juicy beverage.
2: My mouth is very dry from shoving back, so I'll take whatever drink was handed to me first. We are supposed Up to, to meet Edragras on a balcony at some point, right? So
0: you're going to meet him on, somewhere on the upper balcony after the after first the course. First.
1: Okay. Cool. Well, before we get stuffed into the hall, I say we poke around and check this place out. Pretty impressive. Alright, mm, yep. we scoping out. <clears throat>
3: yep. Scoping. Like a lay to the land. Okay. Mm. On the <laughs> case.
1: he's too like, creeping around <laughs> just be walking just yeah i think yeah, yeah Stuart would go the complete opposite yeah. direction of like
3: <laughs> cliff do like a big old wink and then also go off kind of like
0: go <laughs> make a stealth check with disadvantage <laughs> Stuart's just walking confident <laughs> it's a natural one <laughs> <laughs> Joy, right. plus eight you prepare to sneak away but for the first time ever both your companions split Before you can do it, (laughs) (laughs) leaving you just kind of on your own.
2: (laughs) Uh, I think Cloves like, overwhelmed by all this. He's, like, putting on a brave face. Uh, So, like, he he sees them both go and he kind of stutters and just, like, I'll just, I guess I'll just stand here. (laughs) (laughs) And he's just going to (laughs) stand and awkwardly, like, look around
0: um cliff if you're just hanging you can make a perception check for me see what you pick up who you see and you guys where's each you headed steward always, no so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> always goes left I was, yeah look around probably try and go up and see there's the area that overlooks the banquet hall or
0: yeah there's like an upper balcony you can access from here in the courtyard by stone steps that would eventually connect to the the battlements as well that's all accessible from here. There's basically just an upper little highway that'll connect you inside. Go that way. Okay. It's
3: 21. Yeah. Stuart's yeah, following his gut. So yeah, it's going to do like a big clockwork rotation of the whole place.
0: Okay. So Stuart, yeah. we'll start with you. You find connected to the courtyard, there are um, there's like bathrooms and a little mud room. There's a place where people are, are checking clothes. Some of the nobles have clearly... Uh, Or some of the people coming in clearly brought stuff they weren't supposed to. There's like a little confiscated goods area in here, which is filled with small arms for the most part. You see numerous intricate daggers. You see like a pistol hanging on the wall with one of the pages inside looking it over curiously. You don't know a lot about firearms, but you're pretty sure you're not supposed to be looking right down the barrel. (laughs) (laughs) Next to those are around the courtyard, two on either side, are the sitting rooms. There's four small private rooms. Each of them has a hearth shared between them, um, which can be loaded with wood from either of the rooms. Uh, Beyond that, they're just connected by a hallway. They have... You see numerous groups of nobles in those. Uh, Do you want to poke your head into any of them?
3: Yeah, probably... Poke my head in confidently.
0: Right. So you poke your head into the first one and you you can hear chatter under the door and you open it and the room just goes silent like that as soon as you put your head inside and you catch about 12 sets of eyes just turn to look at you disapprovingly.
3: (laughs) Oh, shoot. This isn't the (laughs) restroom. I'll back out.
0: (laughs) There's about 10 seconds of continued silence before the chatter resumes. Clearly some sort of quiet, private politicking conversation going on here. Yeah.
3: I'll nervously loosen my top ascot again and button. <laughs> it's basically just
0: undone. At yeah, this point. it's looking <laughs> a little
3: disheveled already. But yeah, keep poking around now.
0: Okay. Um, the next sitting room you find is a little more comfortably filled. There's two or three small groups of people. Not, It's not like a private affair. There are decanters of wine and a couple of servants in here bringing food and drink and anything else the guests need. Someone's tending to the fire. There's comfortably cushioned sheets, a thick carpet, and this looks kind of like a hunting lodge sort of room almost. There's animal heads displayed on the wall, some fairly regular beasts, and a few more unnatural creatures.
3: Yeah, I'd probably do a little pass of that room. Okay. Then awkwardly at one point, be like, cool digs! And then make my way (laughs) up.
0: You you exit. Drogon, you make it up top above the courtyard. You have a good view of the front gatehouse. You can see from up here... The parapets do have numerous guards, some looking out, but more looking in, keeping an eye on the guests, looking for any signs of trouble. There are numerous people stationed um, on the upper levels here, actual guards and guests. And this leads pretty much directly into the balcony overlooking the banquet hall, where you can see there are uh, there's a small band setting up to play during the festivities. Um, You see a couple of bards, numerous strange instruments, a little drum kit, and other groups of folks up here having more private conversations or just looking down over the spread below. You're probably 30, maybe 35 feet up. And then in front of you, there's a gap where the high ceiling becomes 100 or so feet in this massive banquet hall, and you can see the majority of the room. You see the nobles seated at the far end of the banquet hall, these beautiful tables and chairs, a very classic, like medieval kitchen dining scene. And then closer to where you are and beneath you you can see more rank and file tables which are already beginning um, to, to be filled with visitors. And down in the courtyard. Cliff, you rolled a 21.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: The majority of what you hear and see are people excitedly chattering about the, the March Lord's announcement and speech at the end of the night which is one of the most important ones to ever really take place at one of these potentially changing the or determining the future of the Marchlands for many years to come by announcing his successor so there's a great deal of excitement around that you would guess that's the reason there's so many people in attendance and there's also numerous rumors about that you hear people talking about who they think is going to be named as the successor, what else they think is going to be talked about, what the future has in store. Um, you learn that Duke Luther Went is the only Duke not in attendance. He is the, um, the Duke of Autumn. And not being here is a sign of like either complete, not like rebellion, but is very disrespectful. Um, to not be here for a, a potential, like, planning of a coronation, basically.
3: So you said Duke of Autumn? Is that, yeah. a, is that a place, Autumn?
0: Uh, the Duke of Autumn controls, like, the eastern hemisphere of the Marchlands.
3: Oh, okay. And okay.
0: There are the four dukes, spring, summer, autumn, and winter. Ah. And then the March Lord rules from the center. Um, the Duke of Autumn shares the border with Bengal Gaz, and many people speculate that he's... Inciting border wars and rebellion there, and the rumors obviously press into this. Him not being in attendance is him being like, well, there's no way I'm getting named as the successor, so why would I bother showing up? Uh, but it's definitely a slight. the The Duke of Spring, Duke Windfall, is seen by many to be the closest to the March Lord and the most likely to be named the successor. He is a Wood Elf who is well loved of his people. Kind of always flies his flag in the same direction as the March Lord. And a lot of speculation about the March Lord's family, the reason he's never gotten married or born an actual heir of his blood. People will talk about his illness, um, his policies, stuff. All this stuff probably goes over your head, Cliff. As yes. Federation politics make no sense to you. It's not a place you've really ever been before. You've been part of it, but never involved in it. Um. Beyond that, it's just people chit chatting. The main, the main talking points really are just about what's going to happen at the end of the night. Sorry, what was the Duke of Autumn's name? Luther went. Luther went. And you probably one or two, I would say, folks from the melee. I don't know if you recognize them. Come up, like, come to shake your hand or give you a fist bump. Oh
2: no, uh, sorry, Poison Skin.
0: right and we'll do just one of the, yeah. Pats on the shoulder. Thank you. You were great out there, man.
2: Oh, thank you. Uh, I think he just, like, doesn't recognize anyone without their armor and stuff on.
0: Yeah, probably. True. Everyone looks very different. A lot of them were were incredibly heavily armored yeah. <laughs> during the fight.
2: Do I spot the farmer?
0: Uh, which, the one whose spear you stole or the one you kissed?
2: The one <laughs> I kissed.
0: Uh, make a perception check.
2: 22.
0: There's a heavy clap on your shoulder at some point as you're awkwardly looking around. And turning around, you see, yep, uh, the farmer you kissed standing there, burly, with his hair slicked back. He looks pretty good for a guy of minimal means. He says, Well, 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 you got the best to be out there. Well fought.
2: I mean, <laughs> it was real. I didn't think he- I was going to make it past you. You were a tough. Tough contestant, sir.
0: I thought I had you, and then you could grab something that's going by. I thought I had him and this guy. This guy, right? Bends nearly in half. Wraps his legs around my head. Next thing I know, sand's in my mouth and my crack, and I'm getting dragged out of there. Don't remember which way's up. <laughs> it was wild.
2: Sorry about uh, the, the whole kiss situation. That was actually my first kiss, believe it or not.
0: Well, maybe you'll get a, your second one tonight. Who knows? These gals are crazy.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't want to poison anyone, you know. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a figure of speech, it's just a ground thing, <laughs> just a figure of speech.
0: Oh, okay, all right. Yeah.
2: anyway, uh, yeah, I'm glad you're okay. Uh, not feeling any funny symptoms or anything.
0: Well, I felt like hell, but they, they assumed it was it was just that unconsciousness.
2: Yeah, yeah waking you probably me hit back your up. head pretty
0: hard there, you know. I around. definitely definitely had a bump, but those clerics work a treat. Bugs in here, that's crazy. This place is supposed to be <laughs> noble Keith. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, they're not so different from us after all. <laughs> well, I gotta go grab a seat, Celebrity. hold it for my cousin. <laughs> like you and me. <laughs> hey, never meet your heroes. He disappears inside. <laughs> oh boy. 20 minutes is just about up. He has reconvene in the Banquet Hall. Yep, trying to find, find left. some seats yeah.
2: together. Yeah. So it turns out everybody's mad at some guy named Duke. Which which one? Huh? Which, which, which one? Which Duke? I don't know, Duke. Duke Autumn or something, I don't know. Yes,
3: yes there is a Duke of Autumn. Luther, Luther went...
2: Oh, that's the same person?
3: Yes, the duke is a title. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Like, like a lord or a king. They're they're similar in stature.
2: I do not understand
3: any of it. They're kind of like leaders of a, of a region.
2: Okay, you know. okay. So, kind of like my, my auntie.
3: Yeah, your auntie's a... Yeah, she, she leads the forest. Yeah, right? she's like and the
2: duke can, of the swamp. Duke of the swamp. Yeah. yeah.
3: Similar thing. Yeah,
2: my auntie, and then there's that black dragon. Yeah. I guess he's also a duke.
3: I mean, while he's a a, a a prominent figure in the swamp, I wouldn't he wouldn't have the title of duke. That's more like an official government-based title. He's, hey man, he's, you tell him he ain't no duke. Oh no, I definitely, like I would, I would not. <laughs> I, I would bow to him. Well, let's just not deal with him again. Like, okay. <laughs> we, yes, I mean, he's. A, I think you would call him a, a ruling totalitarian or some something like that. A dictator of the region. There's got to be some term here. Some Dick term. and a duke. And, and Stuart's going off into his own head for a little bit.
2: <laughs> we ever tell you so that time we, we fought that? Tyrant. And by fight, I mean ran for our lives from that black dragon.
1: Yeah, you meant Demon, mentioned it. Uh, Demon tyrant. quite terrifying, really. It was wild. <laughs>
2: Who knew you dragons could swim?
1: Lightly of a...
3: Oh my gosh, yes, the swimming. When they told me there was a dragon behind us and I saw the water splashing up, I laughed. And like,
2: there's a waterfall.
3: <laughs> and then there was a waterfall that went over, but I was just like, dragons don't swim. <laughs> That's not a thing. And then they he do, shot out. They do the definitely swim. That that one swam. No. Yeah. I wouldn't have guessed it either. Yeah. The dragons from the tales I always heard of breathe fire. I feel like water is like their their worst enemy.
2: But yeah, this one he, uh, he spat, spat acid, acid yeah, I think.
3: The, yeah, it was it was melting things.
1: Yeah. Black dragon. Woo. Hot oh, damn. Quite the shenanigan. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> we really are in an interesting position. With all of this political stuff, some sort of history could be made here tonight. No, oh. We've just it... kind of stumbled in here, I think. Oh, right. The stuff about the the, the lord
3: potentially naming a successor? Is that what I was in That's what it sounds like. Well, that, yes, we could
2: be witnessing something quite quite, both unusual and exciting. Would the swamp be included in this region
0: the swamp is is in the duke of springs region
2: okay but that's what i meant like is it yeah it's part of the the marshlands
0: absolutely cool you guys find your seats shoulder to shoulder with mercenaries and merchants some of them half cut some of them taking good care of what they drink and what they say and you're not the last to sit but not long after you see uh, a lot of heads turning up towards the main table, uh, away from you guys. It's not like it's, it's not like you're way, way, way down at the bottom, but this is a huge, a huge room. Uh, you can hear soft music begin to play overhead. Sounds of a fiddle, from string instruments, and a little bit of percussion fills the air. And there's a little ringing sound of people Um, At the head table, beginning the sounds of a toast knocking cutlery against crystal goblets. And you guys see a solitary... Well, first, actually, you see a pair of figures uh, stand up. You you make a... Just make a a raw intelligence check for me, if you would. Raw. Ah.
3: Give me the raw intelligence. Mm. Two for Stuart.
0: Eighteen.
3: Uh, Fourteen. The boozes hit Stuart <laughs> That shot of whiskey and that one flute of champagne
0: Stuart's in a panic Before you guys there are Numerous plates And different size sets of cutlery That don't mean much to you Bowls, glasses Three or four different kinds of napkins And at the main head table You see an older Lady and her husband Stand up hand in hand Both human, maybe 50-ish years of age, and a hush falls over the crowd. Cliff and Drogon, you guys recognize this pair as the lord and lady of Silverbent, Count Brego and Countess Layla Forsyth. They are fairly well-respected,
4: hoity-toity,
0: they tax heavily, but are considered fair. And they have enough respect that everyone here, I mean, it's their keep, for starters. The guards all work for them. But when they stand, everyone goes quiet and waits with attention. And Layla speaks up. Her voice carries. Thank you all for attending the gala. We hope you find everything to your liking. There are many servants around. If you need anything, simply raise a hand and your needs will be tended to. We'd like to thank all the visiting nobles, the merchants, our friends from Rilliet and beyond, she motions to a table, Federation Knights, and all friends and our new family and those who took part in the fantastic games of today, she nods down to the lower table and a few people begin banging on the tables, the rank and file folk, making a little hubbub for the attention given to them. You guys among them. Oh yeah,
3: Stuart, we're getting on that.
0: Thank you, thank you. And of course, to our dukes, duchesses,
4: and our leader, Marchlord Artemis Le'Ellen, thank you, as always, for gracing us with your presence.
0: You see an older, um, an older half-elf. You've all heard a bit about him at this point. He's got Salt-and-pepper hair, more salt than pepper. His body, you know, is ailing. At this point, everyone knows he's sick. Um, But he looks fairly healthy. You can't tell if he's wearing makeup or if he's just got a a good constitution. He stands partway up and raises a hand. Nods at the crowd. He's dressed as only the March Lord could be. Very wealthy dress. He has a small crown atop his head. Fairly inconspicuous, despite that. He doesn't seem particularly enjoying of this much limelight. Um, He nods, raises his hand, doesn't say anything, which people seem a little disappointed by, but he's got a large address to look forward to later. And as he sits, as soon as his butt touches the seat, basically, uh, a flood of servants comes out from the side doors from the kitchens and begin laying down food and drink in front of you guys. Um, Stuart, no matter how hungry you are, there's enough food to go around. Cliff, no matter how full you are, there's always going to be something new for you to try. (laughs) And as soon as the main table is served, the hush disappears more or less and is replaced by general hum of activity, clinking of plates and dishes, people chatting, and all around your table, people begin to talk and make merry. The music picks up uh, more heavily and just becomes a, a real dinner party vibe. You guys are able to dig into all sorts of food. The first course takes almost 10 minutes to be brought out in its entirety, and it covers most of the table. There will be desserts and other courses that come out over the next hour or two consistently. People will pick at them. You guys are welcome to as much as you like. Uh, But there's enough here to go around for the whole city, it seems. Um, Around you guys are... Knights, some merchants, various races. And people ask you guys questions about what you're doing in Silverband, who you are, that sort of stuff. But while they're eating, no one no one seems too worried about the political side of things down here. The first course lasts pretty much as long as you guys want it to. A few people are up even before the final dishes are brought to some of the tables as they finish their eating and are beginning to wander for bathrooms or going to get more drinks from a bar. What do you guys want to do?
2: you well, we have to go yes, and see you I
3: think we could go up to the balcony, yes. Mm-hmm. You
0: guys have, you have a good chunk of time before you're needed up there? Like, this, this first course lasts a while, so you've essentially got an hour or so to schmooze. Oh. Well, I'm still happy to head up there, though.
2: Get a breath of fresh air. Is it a like a freshly indoor balcony or is it an outdoor one?
0: That's both, actually. Oh. It overlooks this hall and the courtyard outside. Are those spell suits around? Yes, yeah, so I should, I should have said that. Um, after the first course is served, um, they arrive. Um, you can see Delwyn and his coterie are at a table with some other nobles and engineers. And not long after the first course is served and people have kind of settled in and the servants are out of the way, uh, you hear the, the little hum of magical energy as a few groups of these spell suits enter the main uh, enter the main banquet hall. They more or less just kind of stand in the corners, one or two of them go over towards and Delwyn and are more or less waiting on him. And a few people quite quickly get up and abandon their food to go speak with the knights that are running the suits and investigate them further.
1: Well, if we have some time, I might see if I can get some... a better look at these suits. Oh, right. I already already forgot about the suits. Yes.
3: Yes, I wouldn't judge you looking at that. Judge their their handiwork, right? Yeah. You you want some company? Yeah, it's up to you.
2: Sure, I can...
3: I can suss something out. Well if you don't mind then fellas, I wouldn't mind going up to the balcony early and just getting some fresh air. I'm feeling quite full the amount of food and I guess the bit of liquor I consumed I could use a use a taste of the outdoors for a bit.
2: Alright, you take care of yourself. I'll, I'll wait up there though for you. Don't go too close to the out hedge there. Eat a couple too many. <laughs> this is two more than I normally drink.
0: Give <laughs> <laughs> me a constitution check, Stuart?
2: So, sure.
3: Uh, okay, we're okay for now. Fifteen plus sixteen.
0: Alright, you're still feeling good, yeah.
3: No know my limit now. No two. <laughs> two is probably just fine.
0: I'm cruising on that cruising on that buzz for a little yeah, while. Yeah, feeling maybe.
3: good, feeling good.
0: You make your way up to the top. There are you're one of the first people up on the balcony, so you get kind of a behind the scenes look at the band that's going. The bards and a couple of musicians nod over at you and Three or four servants swarm you looking for something to do. Offer you drink and more food. You're stuffed at this point.
3: I'll resist the temptations.
0: Hang tight for a while. Yeah. Do you want to look look for anything or do anything up here? You're alone?
3: Alone for but for
0: bit, a dozen other people?
3: Yeah, no, for the first bit you would just be chilling alone, not perceiving really much, taking in the maybe yeah, go to the outdoor spot, check out I guess we haven't looked at the courtyard out there yet.
0: That's where you guys entered. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. Okay. But yeah, no, I'll just overlook the, the entrance.
0: courtyard. Okay, keep an eye on things.
3: Yeah. Nothing crazy. All
0: right. You guys head over to one of the nearby spell suits. Sweet. You do so. Find yourself near one of the entry doors, one of the main, uh, not main, but like side doors that some of the servants have come through. You see a fellow in a spell suit there being pawned over by numerous guests. I'm going say it's a... There's a wood elf inside the suit, hair combed back. Kind of like, not dancing, but it almost looks like he is, because he's, he's moving around, showing people different parts of it. As you guys approach, a couple people leave, and you're able to get right up in front of them.
2: Like, kind of like an exoskeleton suit?
0: Kind of yeah, thing. very exosuity. There are gauntlets and van braces, so armor basically to the elbow pauldrons, to the shoulder pieces, um, and then all down the spine and connected to the shoulder pieces, there's uh, numerous, almost like lobstered armor bits that can move. There are greaves, boots, and the large belt and central harness that holds, that houses the spell batteries, and is where a lot of those copper wires come from. Um, He doesn't seem to be saying anything. He's just kind of like keeping an eye on everyone around him and doing a merry (laughs) little jig.
4: Do the gritty.
1: (laughs) You do the gritty. Um, the people around are the people around like discussing or some of them are discussing. A
0: couple or a couple of more wealthy looking ones are more along the lines of like, can't wait to place an order. You tell Delwyn that we'll be. Asking for at least twelve, no, sixteen fields will be busy this year. Maybe twenty. And they're kind of going back and forth, almost like a almost like a little auction. These two groups of folks, and there's one or two more like you who have a more discerning eye and are looking at the gears and the, the wires and the batteries. Are they talking
1: to him, or are there people like kind of like handlers? There's
0: yeah. So there's a single uh, smaller gnome handler. Seems to be one of one of Delwyn's closer members of the Coterie. Uh, probably one of the folks, Cliff, you saw backstage. Is uh, that Warforged drown? Make a perception check for me.
4: He's not right here, but... This guy doesn't
2: <laughs> want to be found. Okay. That's a seven.
0: <laughs> Hello! <laughs> uh, you saw him. At, he was at the table with Delwyn. Oh. Yeah. And... Yep, there's just the one handler here and the guy in the suit. Who do you want
1: to talk to anybody or I'll try and talk to the guy in the suit if no one's talking to
0: him. Yeah, he's he's more the display piece, so you can easily chat with him. Good evening.
4: Good evening. Um How much of this do you actually know how it works and
0: Any part in building it, I suppose? Oh, none of the design was my job. We're just um, we just run the suits for now. We've been taught how they work, and I understand it as as much as I need to. I've been given the phrases to turn it on and off, and activate some of the features. But others have been kept from me to this point. I haven't given up all their secrets. We are just hired for the magic show. You understand. We don't actually work with the bronze mines.
1: Of course, of course. Um. How long does this run, I assume, depending on without the using, strain of it? Yes,
0: without activating the batteries beyond their, their passive use, uh, I understand you can run it for approximately six hours. I don't suppose it would be used for much at that point, unless you're going for a brisk hike. <laughs> um, more typically, I understand you get about two hours of solid, heavy work out of it in the field. Lifting heavy objects, clearing things. Um, If used in combat, much shorter... uh, They told me not to say lifespan, but much shorter lifespan. (laughs) um, Maybe 30 minutes. (laughs) I won't tell. Activating shields, um, using it to fly, jump, leap, lift. All those things.
4: Does it have any other like
0: evocation-type magic, or is it more of a physical... Um, at this point, the little handler steps over, having dealt with the noble couple.
1: Says, well, I'd be happy to answer that question, <laughs> uh, my lord. Oh, no need for that. Drogan is fine. Drogan, pleasure to meet you. Are you uh, looking to place an order? Oh, uh, I, I don't think so. Just more of a, a curious mind. Oh, he loved curious minds.
2: How much she
0: cost? Well... The prototypes are, are still finishing development, but with the full host of accessories, we're looking to retail them at a uh, thousand gold pieces per suit. We're hoping to get that price down in the next year or two to a more uh, achievable position. But these are the prototypes. You understand, once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to uh, to own the future. Of course, of course. Um, as far as magic goes, each suit. Uh, could be custom fitted with a suite of spells of course it would drain the Arcano accumulators somewhat quicker uh, depending on the magic infused in them and they'll cost a great deal more depending on what sort of spells they're augmented with Um, but absolutely anything anything of rote use could be added quite easily anything a little more advanced would, would take some time
2: Fascinating. How much, to, how much to replace those batteries after they, uh, they drain?
0: Oh, the batteries can be refilled by any magic user with the knowledge and the time to pour some ether into them. Um, it gets easier with time. A um, powerful wizard could refill each of these numerous times in a day if he wasn't doing anything else. Quickly, then, or is it a, a long process? Oh, um, it takes a few minutes, no more. In a pinch, you could really put some oomph into it. Um, we've we've field-tested one, uh, one of our first flight tests went a little awry with the prototype, and as the fellow was falling, he was able to put enough juice into it to, to slow his descent, and that's about the fastest we've seen so far. They, they say it's akin to casting powerful magic. It, it, uh, it really takes the life out of you, the energy.
2: When he says that, can I roll an inside check? Sure. To see if like it has any like wear on mm-hmm. like the humans using it? That's a twelve, thirteen.
4: thirteen. Okay. Meets it
0: beats it, I guess. He's definitely hiding something.
2: Oh god, uh, that's interesting. Is there uh any complications um for anyone using this suit or you guys have any troubles?
0: Well, I mean, this work could be dangerous, for sure. Flight, of course, lifting heavy objects over your head, uh, going into battle. Uh, Definite chances for injury. Um, We simply sell the suits. We make everyone aware of what they're capable of. But once they've changed hands, we won't be able to tell folks what to do with them, of course.
4: Convenient. Yes, I suppose (laughs) so. Um... I um. Skipping a fucking stinger. <laughs> do, I, do I know you?
2: Oh, I was uh, one of the finalists in the melee. You were in the melee. The melee yeah, yeah.
0: I saw I you kissed, kissed that farmer.
2: Yeah, that was me.
0: <laughs> what a move. Thank Imagine me. if you had one of these suits on at the time, you would have won oh. the thing quite handily. I'm just saying, maybe next year there'll be a whole new division.
2: Well, it sounds like they only last a couple minutes in combat, so I probably wouldn't have. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Well, the melee only lasted a few minutes. Uh, are these accumulators being used in a lot of other applications currently? Ooh,
0: well, if folks got the money, they've... Tried all sorts of things, to my knowledge. um Bronze mines—we got ourselves a good number of them from house when they were first developed, and we've been poking and prodding at their capabilities, finding out their breaking points and whatnot. Um, a couple of the trains are running with them, I understand, out of Lake March, but uh, just those high-speed ones they're building. Uh, but those are the much larger batteries. These little ones—I'm not too sure what other folks are working on. Use for a number of things. The, I'm sure if you poke around the keep here, you'll find some lamps, some portcullises and stuff powered by them. More, uh, more run-of-the-mill uses, of course. Nothing like the, uh, the spell suit here.
1: Any, uh, any issues with the batteries in this format? I've seen ones that are overheat, for lack of a better term. Well,
0: the my energy understanding, sort of runs away. <clears throat> my understanding is that if they are, uh, ruptured, which takes a lot of force or magic, uh the explosion can be catastrophic. We haven't seen that firsthand, and we've tested them quite heavily. There's a way to break them. We've yet to discern how. um No one's figured out how to make him, and I tell you, we have tried on our own. I'm not too sure what uh what the housing's made from, to be honest. Yeah, uh, step forward and he knocks on the the front of the batter. You can see it's like half clipped into the belt and have just exposed like the batteries aren't covered mm. which speaks to their durability to some degree. um when they drain once we've used them enough they do begin to drain a little faster we find become a little less efficient
1: maybe well that's fascinating um at what point do you uh offer the test drives and that sort of thing because i'll be in line for <laughs> well if you'd like to Take it for a spin. We're hoping
0: in about a week's time we'll we'll have the next set of them here open for public use. We'll have some uh, obviously with a great deal of oversight where you're allowed to go, and you'll have a uh, have a little instructor with you if you to take one out. But I'd love to take your name down. We'll put you on a list. That sounds great. Uh, so soon? I wasn't. Oh, we've you got, guys move quickly. We got more on the way already. Absolutely, this is just the beginning. Exciting stuff. As well. Uh he pulls out a little ledger book and says oh, make your mark right there and we'll uh try and get in contact if there's somewhere we can reach you.
1: yeah, uh, I'll write my name down. Cliff, should I uh No, you?
2: I'm I'm good, thank you. Okay.
1: I can do
2: most of that already. Jump yes, yeah, thank Yeah. Pretty high. <laughs> Wanna see? That you can
0: jump pretty high? Yeah. Yeah, let's see. All right. Boop <laughs> <laughs> How high can Cliff jump? Uh thirty feet. Thirty feet. I'm going to be honest, that was shockingly high. I told um, you.
2: Homegrown, baby. Can you fly? I can't fly, but I can fall pretty quick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we got you there. What about a shield? Do you generate a force shield with force of personality?
2: Uh, I generated a shield out of wood that I strapped to my arm. Okay. Homemade. Okay.
0: You punch your hand through the wall of this here, keep. I can try. <laughs> well, let's see it then. There's a little a little crowd of people <laughs> gathering around.
3: Right. top ten finalist of the melee
0: here to punch a hole
3: in this cobblestone keep.
2: <laughs> uh, Cliff's gonna...
3: <laughs> Cliff,
2: I is just getting... Oh no, no okay. I gotta prove myself.
1: <laughs> What? That's an at twenty. No, <laughs> no way! 20. It was literally on the one, Ooh. or on a two, and then rolled the twenty. He it so hard took broke all the bones.
2: Oh, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> right up, uh, fitting. He does the kill Ooh. bill like coffin five finger death yeah. punch.
0: So Cliff turns, everyone in the crowd goes <laughs> tight. You could see cheeks clenching all around. Cliff, you punch up like, the corner of one of these. Large stone blocks that's just holding the wall that is the wall, um, right where the masonry meets the stone. And you strike it at just the exact right angle, a little corner of stone crumbles off. It hurts the shit out of your hand. <laughs> um, we'll so say you take uh, you take one bludgeoning damage from it. Um, and everyone ooh, groans at the crunch, thinking it's the bones of your knuckles meeting your forearm, perhaps. Um, but when you pull your hand <laughs> away, there's simply bloody knuckles and a like sheared off piece of stone comes away with it. Maybe like a, a pound of stone comes and hits the ground. And the fellow goes,
2: as I, th- Oh, I am the suit. <laughs> a
0: little like, the little group around. the a like, top 10 performer. <laughs> like, Holy shit. They make these top 10 performers out of something else, don't they? <laughs> well, <laughs> folks, uh, Impressive, of, of course, very impressive. Our suit here—we won't do it in here, as it's not our home. Um, we Could do significantly more. Um, yeah. Well, well, Cliff, uh, pleasure to meet you. I'll, I'll shake his hand. hand. <laughs> you shake. Up. Give me
2: a constitution thing.
0: Let's. <laughs> well, it's uh, it's six. Who is? Uh, <laughs> any more names for the list? It, it was... Harry! Nice he he, he, he swagger sideways and the guy's arm just shoots out and steadies him. <laughs> We've but, got someone to meet. Best of luck with Thank that. Thank you. And have a good night. We're gonna go have a sit down. Talking.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think I broke my hand. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: can't. Make a constitution save for me. Stuart will take care of it, I'm sure. Uh, That's 16 plus 2. 18.
0: 16, fine. There's gonna be some serious breeze in there, but was pretty impressive, though.
2: I know, right? I, I think I just locked down and hit the red spot.
0: You guys, make your way up. Up to the top balcony. Find Stuart. Stuart? What's Stuart up to?
3: I was going to say, after a bit of time, he would actually vigilantly bless himself. Just, just to be safe. You never know. So he would l- be looking down on the balcony and see his amulet, then hold his amulet. Yeah, vigilantly bless himself. So his amulet, like glows the bright warm colors of the, the home and hearth symbol. Mm-hmm. And he'll kind of just whisper to himself, embrace the warmth of book. So, just to be safe. And then after that, he you you guys would come up on him while he's doing this. He's he's got his uh his notepad whipped out, which maybe I'll give a little detail on. Now, on the front of it it just says um Stuart's Guide. It was a it was a gift from Father Tito at the church and he's kind of turned it into all sorts of notepads, but there's one large section in particular that he is uh, he is writing in at the moment. And if you guys were to come up and and see it, you would see that one of the titles of this section is the "According to Cliff" section. <laughs> so he's making some notes. Uh, the, he's kind of whispering them to himself as he's writing them down. Can't fight on an empty stomach. Yes, that that was a that was a good one, Cliff. I got to remember that going in. Uh don't remember why he said this one. Don't piss into the wind unless you're ready to get wet. Huh? Try to remember that for next time. And yes, the most important one here, I see. Yes, that's right. Don't bring a pen to a sword fight. Just learn, the, learn the hard lesson on that one. I'm writing this all, though, with that new quill that Amber gave me. Better than nothing. But after realizing the don't bring a pen to a sword fight and realize I'm not writing my pen... I'd actually probably turn around and then start looking for remembering that guy, remembering that new enemy I've got. Oh, we've gotta
0: make perception to find that perception check. Something the large with advantage from the top shelf. Large, the large. Grandor the Large. A direct translation from Giant is Big, is big the Large. <laughs>
3: <laughs> big the Large. Well, I don't even need to roll that advantage. I rolled a nat 20 on that first one.
0: Gee.
3: So
0: you go, Gee. where is, a... <laughs> the- is Grandor the Large? And you turn around. Begin to scan you just hear, <laughs> so I said, out of the way, nerd. <laughs> Pen went flying. Anyways, <laughs> oh my, God. we got in a bit of a scrap later, but I was already pretty beat up at that point. You understand, having uh, just been slaughtering my way through the melee. And there's a group of people who are just stuck in the corner with this guy of a huge table. He's got two, like, bloodhawk legs in either arm. He's just, oh, there you are. All right, well, there's, like, grease running down his chin. Just absolute menace um a few hangers on who are definitely his friends and a few people that don't want to be there and just chose the wrong spot to sit and yeah he's down there dressed up pretty nice but you can see he's got a breastplate on uh with a cape over it and he's like half armored and half wearing nice clothes okay well
3: Stuart would go over to the the railing and he would uh see this happening and he'd probably start gripping the railing a little tighter and uh (laughs) A little bit of fire coming into his eyes. You know the Kill Bill theme comes
4: on. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Wondering how to handle this situation. I need a new
0: quill. <sighs> just probably stay at there for that, a, at a, that a, moment. Yeah. Your friends, <laughs> you show up. You guys make insight checks. <laughs> Cliff, you as well. Insight check.
4: Sixty. Uh, that's a dirty
0: twenty. Okay. Um, as you guys come up on Stuart, you can see the whites of his knuckles <laughs> as he's gripping this banister.
2: Uh, you're right there, Stuart. Huh? Oh, oh, Cliff, <laughs> Cliff, there you are. All
3: looking right, I'll, I'll
0: lose my touch. Cliff, looking down, you can see an unerring straight line <laughs> from Stuart's eyes down to Grandor the Large as he regales these folks with his exploits in the melee.
2: Oh, uh, is that the fellow that broke your, uh... Yes, it is. You want me to go have a word for you?
0: No, no,
1: I can have a word myself. Uh before you run off, I think Cliff really did a number on his hand. Oh, yeah, I oh, might have broken it. Something to prove downstairs. Yeah, punched, oh, okay.
2: Punched a hole. Punched a, a hole? Stole. Well, not all the way through, but I put a dent in a big old cinder block. Why on earth were you doing that, Cliff? You know, sometimes you just gotta prove yourself.
3: I... Actually, I understand. Mm-hmm. I might be doing some proving tonight. Let's look at your hand though first. I'll right. we'll assess the. I'll we'll assess his hand. Don't. It's not broken, obviously, but we'll give it a try once it. over.
1: Wrap it up. While oh, doing that, can I look for Edgar? You can. Yeah. I'm trying. It's yeah. probably good to have some distractions for before, Stuart right now before yeah. they get into
3: yeah <laughs> trouble. Stuart can put it behind him for a minute. <laughs> Just a couple drinks, you know. A couple drinks are getting to him.
0: Six. Hicks. You look down. Um with the staffs of a lord, he would be seated seated. He'd be seated at the Lord's in the upper seated. tables. Lord's are seated. <laughs> Commoners are seated as everybody knows. He would be Jesus, I was said it again. He'd be seated at the upper part more than halfway between you guys and the head table. You see up there, you see Amber Wildheart and one or two others of his retinue who he, must have chosen to bring with him, but you don't see Lord Edragos.
1: But he was going to meet us
0: up top up here up yep. somewhere. And as if on cue, you turn around to consider where he might be, and you see him rounding the corner from the outer balcony, uh, scanning, looking for you guys. Wave him. Wave him on. Yeah. Here,
2: so like, let me just hop down there and kick his ass. <laughs> no, no. We, I'll I'll approach it. Look,
3: properly. I think Lord Edragos is coming. <clears throat> oh yes, that's his. Oh gee. I forgot the word. Sorry. Distracted by the little bit of hatred that I found for this new enemy for life. Yes, Edragos, yes. (laughs) The real reason we're here.
0: (laughs) So you see Edragos approach. Your first time speaking with him since you originally arrived in town um, and made your deal to represent him in the melee and do some odd jobs for him. Since then, you've mostly dealt with Amber. He's a high elf, um, very pale but with these piercing emerald green eyes, shoulder-length black hair, and a few, despite his otherwise imposing features, a few childish freckles around his nose and his cheeks. He's slight of build, but you can tell he's someone that takes good care of himself. Very well-dressed, mostly in dark blacks and some green, despite his colors being this burgundy and gray. He has visibly more visibly displayed than usual he's often wearing a little scarf or a high collared shirt uh, but today he has a low cut shirt and you can see the half slit scar across his neck from where someone famously tried to cut his throat famous someone would be famous for having the throat <clears> he <throat> <try to> <laughs> yeah. comes Infamous. up to you guys infamously. Inf- infamously yes um the musicians up here there's still some playing lightly up here but the larger crowd has gone down into the banquet hall and is now playing music more closer to the tables. It's a little more private up here now.
2: If you have any question, I <laughs> Play that same song. Looking pretty sharp there, sir.
0: Thank you, Cliff.
3: Hello, Lord Edgoss.
0: Stuart Jogan, Lord. I hear the three of you made a good showing today. I was pleased to watch you in the melee.
3: Yes, I mean, yes. Cliff was the, the shining star of our trio. I, I think both Rogan and I wish we could have gone a little further, but at least we weren't knocked down in the first round. I certainly did a set us up great. I, I lost my way at the beginning. We had hoped to stick together, so apologize
0: for that. Well, the three of you did very well. I am pleased. Uh, Cliff, I've already had numerous folks asking why I found the employment of such a talented fighter. <laughs> Might have some work for you once the tournament is over. That's something I think we might all
2: consider, yes. Yeah.
0: How are you enjoying the gala? I don't Mint. know
2: how I feel about hats yet, but I'm, I'm squaring on me.
3: Understandable. We know how he feels about sleeves. He doesn't
2: like them.
0: <laughs> I meant to ask, your suit looks a little different than when we had it tailored.
2: Oh, just a little more breathable this way, you know? Saw some uh, really fancy fella do the same thing, so I thought I'd, you know, try to blend in. You said feel free
3: to make alterations, correct? So well, those, The clothes are yours. Do with them as you will. Well, we appreciate the... Nancy's clothes either. Good.
0: Well, I won't keep you waiting. I have information for the three of you. Each of you.
3: Oh, Stuart will do up a button again.
0: <laughs> we can speak here or... retire to one of the sitting rooms. It's up to you.
4: You want your privacy?
3: I did I did see the sitting rooms all like, I mean, they They did look quite cozy. I'd, I'd be interested in sitting in one of the rooms. I feel like you all would like to check sure. it out. Sure, yeah, yeah.
0: Very well. If you will, he turns on his heel and descends into the courtyard. The whole way, Stuart has got an eye on Grandor. <laughs> okay, so you, you watch him as far as you can until yeah. you guys are going down into the courtyard. Yeah. Yeah, the last thing you hear from the main hall is just grand doors. <laughs> oh, big belly laugh chases you down into the courtyard. Those banisters, gonna be, the those banisters are going to be clean as you just grind your <laughs> hands down. <laughs> Edregas opens the door for you guys into one of the
4: sitting rooms. Maybe you step inside before him.
0: Okay. And inside there are three servants and a younger couple. Kissing on a single couch. They look up. And Wait, the servants? Are in the, they're all no, kissing? A noble, a noble couple. Awkwardly, awkwardly Ooh, lip-locked. Wrong room again. Awkwardly lip-locked in front of three servants who are just like staring into the middle distance. Okay. <laughs> um, the two nobles look up at the three of you saying.: say, find another room, wouldn't you? And Edregas splits the middle between you guys and stares at them and says, get out now. Yes, right away sir And they get up Clearly ranking below him Or recognizing him And they quickly make their way out The woman Cleans some of the lipstick And the man Cleans some of his up as well And they Move past you guys With like A furtive like "Sir, See you out there Enjoy the party
3: <laughs> <He's, he's laughs> I'm well, You sure know how to carry yourself
0: Goss. Thank you I have Spent a good deal of time Making myself Known Um That was meant for you as well And the servants sir, Quickly make their way out
3: do any of them have any drinks? Yep, they all do. I'm going to grab another flute. All right. <laughs> okay. Stuart's getting a little nervous. Shaky hands.
0: Um, Put another drink back. The servants close the door. He takes one of the seats, motions there's like enough space for 20 people to sit comfortably in here. Well, as long as you're comfortable sharing with each other now, you seem to be getting along quite well.
3: Yes, what started as a business arrangement is quickly flourishing into a tight-knit friendship. <laughs> Any news you have of my information is free to share amongst my friends here. I can't speak for with the rest of you. If it's private, I'll, I'll gladly step out when you're sharing yourself.
2: Oh, no, I, I trust him.
3: Nothing, nothing to hide here. Very
4: well. I understand need for discretion, but I appreciate
0: you getting along so well. Rogan, we'll begin with you. I have spoken with Gerdam Sledge, the head engineer of the Merifal Artificers Guild. He is attending tonight. You've probably seen him around. He is enormously fat. <laughs> he uses a chair to ambulate. Hard to miss. He will meet with you later tonight,
4: ah, uh, after the March Lord's speech is given. He will expect. Something in exchange for the guild's assistance, uh, but is
0: eager to see Embercrag or to have his folks see it at
1: least. Uh, that's that's wonderful news. I'm sure something like that can be arranged.
0: Good. I expect there will be a contract to sign. They are very official. Um, if you need, I will send Amber along to look it over with you.
1: If that is okay, if she might know her way around those things better.
0: She is an excellent litigator. That would be a great help. Very well. Um well. You have some secret or marvel of engineering that the Artificers Guild would be interested in? I expect that would be best to use in trade, get their good graces. In exchange, he has suggested he could send a group of dwarves to Embercraig to mm-hmm. investigate the issues plaguing your home. Is this satisfactory for you? Yes, that is
4: that is wonderful. There's, I couldn't have hoped for anything better. Stuart.
3: Yes.
0: You were after word of your brother, Ronald.
3: happen to have anything. I know I didn't give you much to go on. It's been over a decade since I've seen him.
0: Well, it took some time. Um. Could not confirm a surname, but there is a Ronald in Port Ellsford who matches the description you gave. Perhaps a little older and more weary. He works for a group called
4: The Broken Chain. A...
0: I won't say anarchist, but... A politically-minded group who fervently opposes a lot of the slavery going on in Port Ellsford. They have worked stalwartly to
4: break such traditions to sound like your brother.
3: And he was a uh, in his time with my family, he was definitely the leader of amongst us, and very very forthright with his beliefs, and stern as well, so no, that that while well, it's been a long time since I've seen him and we were just mere children, and well he was much older than me, but I was a mere child, and
0: I could see him being something like that. If you would like, I could send a message to Port Ellsford with my next delivery there, and we could see if this is, in fact, the man you're looking for. Yeah, um, yes. I understand he's been in and out of the local prisons a number of times for his views and his work, but he seems to be well for all of that.
3: I'm glad to hear it. Any any possibility of his, his being <clears throat> even just alive still is a breath of fresh air to me.
0: Well, I won't promise anything, but he's the closest match I could find.
3: It's it's more than I've had to work off of ever since his, his leaving.
4: Well, thank you. You're welcome. Cliff, I followed up about your missing cousin, Isabella. Tall, blonde, beautiful. There are many such girls around, but with the additional
0: descriptions you've given us, we were able to track her. Um, Huari Yan is a strange, annoying woman who lives in the upper village. It was our understanding that Isabella was staying with her, working for her, doing something with her. could not learn much more than that, but I know this is in attendance at the gala tonight, and oh. I would be able to introduce you quickly. Her and I are not on good terms, but I have that much pull, at
4: least. Okay, yeah. That'd be great. Well, Maybe don't mention my cousin. I mean, I don't want to scare her away. Absolutely. I will be gentle. Thank you. I Let me know... It. When you're ready to meet, she will be here as late as everybody else. There is no rush. Fantastic. Thank you. Means a lot. Well, you've done a great deal for me today. Put my name on many lips. Opened doors on your own. You work well together. You know what? It was,
0: it was pretty fun. It looked like a good time. It Truth was, be yeah. told. Reminds me of my younger days. Well, do you have plans for the rest of the
3: evening? Oh, I'm certain we'll enjoy the gala a little longer.
2: Yeah, just, I don't know. I've never or been something. one of these before, so I don't really know what to expect.
3: Well,
4: make sure you're close by for the announcement. For the March Lord's speech. Beyond that, enjoy
2: the food. Does that have any implications for your business?
0: Absolutely. Whatever he says will change the course of the Marchlands for some years to come. I don't know what, but tensions are very high. Many of these nobles, though they appear to get along, are conspiring against each other already, trying to determine the outcome of tonight. There are plans, and within plans, within plans, laid in place, all to be set in motion as soon as the Marchlord makes the right announcement. Many, myself included, have... Contingencies for any possible successor successor named. So just be prepared for anything.
4: Well I hope it works out for you, sir. Thank you. Sure I'll do all right. Well better return people to speak with.
0: Feel free to come, say hi, see Amber. Now that the first course is done, you may mingle as you like. Don't be afraid to introduce yourselves to anybody.
4: Yes, sir. Get up. Drains
0: his goblet, leaves it upside down on the table, and I'll,
3: I'll do the same
4: with up. my
0: flute. Okay.
3: Upside down on the table. This is, what a power move!
0: <laughs> he, Taking notes. He exits, and as soon as he's out, the three servants come back in and look around awkwardly to see if anything's been done to the room or anything's been <laughs> done to you guys. They just kind of like
3: give you awkward nods. Well, hey, that was pretty successful for me. Sounds like it was for you as well. Got some good information.
2: Yeah. yeah. Seems promising. What are, you, uh, <laughs> what are you guys trying to fix there at your home, Trailing. Uh Well, there's,
1: there's a, a fault line that seems to be kind of straying ever closer to my home, causing all sorts of issues. Haven't figured out a way to stop it or redirect it or anything if it continues on its path it will likely destroy everything we've built
2: oh shoot that
1: seems pretty important it is it's not dire it's not happening overnight or anything but if we don't find a way to fix it eventually I mean we'll all have to move and start over
2: well if if there's anything <laughs> I can do for you I mean I'm I'm just a little grung but you know I like you, and I I mean, if I can help, I'll I'll do my best.
1: Little grung who can jump pretty high and punch holes in stone walls, so I appreciate the offer.
2: I mean, yeah, maybe my auntie, if if all else fails, we could ask her. She's pretty smart.
1: I am open to any ideas. Got to try and find some different perspectives.
2: I'll probably have to take my cousin home at some point, so, you know. Maybe we could swing by. Sounds
4: wonderful. Be interested in checking something like that out, yes. Is
2: your
1: dragon... Duke still gonna be around, or...
2: Oh, yeah, I mean, we could... I kind of know the region. We could avoid him, I think, now that I... know his stomping grounds.
3: Because maybe we...
2: He don't- won't come into a, where I live, too. It's a little... Well, my... My my auntie watches over it, and I don't think he'd mess with her.
3: I mean, we kind of did bring it upon ourselves last time. I, personally, it was accidental. I didn't realize that we completely eliminated his food source, so I guess we were the only option left. But All right. yes, uh, as long as there are bullywugs around, he'll he'll be he'll, his focus will be elsewhere. All right,
2: should we go, Mangle?
3: Yes. Well, I I wanted to know a bit. How do you feel hearing that Izzy is is actually kind of clo- potentially close by? I'm
2: I'm be honest, I'm excited to see her. I miss her, but also I mean a little bummed because the faster I take her home, maybe the faster this whole adventure will be over. You know, I'm I'm really enjoying the outside world and hanging out with you guys. Oh, Cliff. <laughs>
3: You're going to make me break up a little bit. It's It's been a pleasure working with you. Yeah. Hey, this doesn't need to end anytime soon. Like, I obviously care about the well-being of others, and Izzy should be thrown into that mix, so I feel like we should try and help her get home if that's her wish, as, as much as your auntie's wish. Yeah, yeah. But there's more to do out there. I, I, don't, I don't know if you heard of or know where Port Ellsford is, but that's... No uh, clue. If we were to go back to the... <coughs> your region there, the swamps. If we were to continue north for at least a, well, it'd be a few more days, but Port Ellsford is north from there. So if I was to visit Ron, and sounds like he's been in a bit of trouble, wouldn't mind having you tag along for that adventure, both both you as well, Drogan.
2: Yeah, maybe we could make a little
3: detour. Yeah. Plenty of reason for us to still stick together, if this is what you're enjoying.
2: Yeah, for sure. I just <laughs> don't want to make Auntie wait too long. <laughs> She's got a bit of a temper sometimes. Yes,
3: uh- but at the same time, it sounds like your your cousin, she's she's an adult as well, right? She can make her own decisions. Mm, sure. No, maybe not the case. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we start by fighting. That her. ain't
2: up to me. <laughs>
3: Fair enough. Well, we're happy to go mingle. <clears throat> Stuart will literally throw air quotations up. And, <laughs> uh, mingle a bit longer here. That's what we wish to do. I know I have one person in mind who I wish to mingle with. Maybe we should check out that uh, second course. Yes, yes. Fair. Let's get, get our money's worth, right?
0: <laughs> Absolutely. There is a loud bang as the door to the sitting room bursts open. And you guys see a flustered young nobleman come in. He's got pale, almost white hair, pale skin, and dark eyes, um, and a very fine looking suit he closes the door behind him and leans back against it and goes Ugh. and then a moment later seems to realize that he's not alone in the room and sees you guys there and perks up a little bit hello uh, everything oh, all right just getting away from all that there's a large loud man with two legs of bloodhawk won't shut up about his excitement in the tournament today grand or the large that was it. <laughs> stupid name. Big S- the large. Stupid man. You could call yes. him a man. I would say he was a stupid man.
3: I'm the one who took him out of the competition, and he won't shut up about his reasons behind it. Ah.
0: He looks you up and down. You're the nerd? <laughs> Interesting. Well, <laughs> pleasure to meet you, and he holds out a hand. I'm Arthur.
3: I'm Stuart Llewellyn, the nerd.
0: Well... Not much of a nerd.
3: Sorry, Artemis? Arthas. Arthas. Nice to meet you, Arthas.
0: Nice to meet you as
3: well. Is that the only thing troubling you? It's just... It just Randor? Because, I mean, he's going to trouble everyone. He's just... He's that kind of guy, I can tell.
0: Oh, he saw me on my way over here and cornered me to tell me the same story I overheard him telling his friends for the last two hours. And Wait, just, so
3: he's just outside the door?
0: No, he was in the courtyard. Okay. He seemed to be looking for somebody. But, uh, I just need to get away, so many folks in there, not used to this many people. But sorry to interrupt.
2: No, we're all done here. You, uh, you hide away, sir.
0: Thank you very much. He goes, and, like weirdly, inspects all the corners of the room, and, like presses on the wall in a few points. Very well. He just sits down in one of the big chairs and throws his arms out dramatically and leans back. <laughs> <sighs> Very. Well,
2: check. Yeah. Jerry's do what? I was, I was very like say, put we,
0: upon nobleman. Very strange. That's just the nine. <laughs> okay. I I got a good one here. I got a twenty one. Twenty one. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't seem to be hiding anything. He just looks very strange. Oh. Very peculiar. Um. Sorry. Just halfling. No, Just a oh, human. He a, oh, okay. Um. Maybe a half elf. You'd say he's got fairly fair features, but he definitely leans more towards human. He, it almost looked like he was looking for hidden doors or, like, listening points in the room when he was pressing on the wall. The same way you would imagine, uh, like, a thief trying to find a way in or out uh, of a room. Okay. I'd probably just say, well, you, you sure everything everything's all right there, Arthas? Th-
3: Looks like there's more to it in this room.
0: Oh, everything's fine. Two of these rooms have hidden exits, but couldn't remember which ones.
3: Oh, are you in need of a hidden exit, or are
0: you no, trying to get out of more here? more worried about folks coming in the exits and bothering me. Ah,
3: understand. All right, well, I think we can
4: leave you, leave you be. Till next time, Arthur. Okay, see you later. Yeah. If you see that large fellow out there, um, well, don't mention me. Mm. I think
3: you'll be the least of his problems when I run into <laughs>
4: Good. Kick him in the balls again
0: for me. <laughs> okay, step back out into the courtyard. Yep.
3: Second course perhaps coming
0: up. Uh make what's your pass perception? Stewart? Who's well yeah. Uh, Stuart's first one out. Yeah, no, uh 14. <sighs> decent. Um fourteen. You see an enormous fist swinging for the side of your head out of the corner of your eye as you step out wow. from the door. Wow. And I want everybody to roll initiative, and that is where we're going to call it for this Ooh, week. Glad I vigilantly blessed myself. I knew, I knew something like that was coming,
3: except I wanted to be the first one to do it. God damn.
0: Woo. Well, that's it for this week, guys. Ooh. Thank you all for listening to this week's episode of An Idiot's Guide to Adventuring. Thank you all for listening to this week's episode of an Idiot's Guide to Adventuring. Tune in next Monday to catch the next chapter of our adventures. And to all you listeners, we would very much appreciate if
3: you could rate and review us on the listening platform of your choice. It's the best way to help us out and promote this
2: show. For character art, behind the scenes, and more, follow our Instagram at idiot's guide to adventuring, and join the conversation by using the hashtag idiotsguideDND.
1: We'll need names for all our lovely, or not, NPCs. We'll be looking for inspiration from all of our five-star reviewers. Your name or anything you may suggest, so get reviewing. Thanks, everybody, and we'll catch you next week. Bye-bye.